it's weird and it's gross and I don't like it. Welcome to another episode of Yoga for the Revolution, a show about self-care in the age of resistance. Today, I'm going to talk about routine or dinacharya. Why would this matter and what does it have to do with yoga? I, okay, so my perspective on routine comes strongly from Ayurveda yoga's sister science, and from an Ayurvedic perspective, routine helps to establish balance in your constitution, regulates your biological clock, aids digestion, absorption, and assimilation of food, generates self-esteem, discipline, peace, happiness, longevity. It's all about routine. I will also say routine provides a sense of comfort, and I don't want to say control, but maybe a little bit control. Especially lately, this world is, I mean, I don't know how many times I can say it or talk about it, but you know, shit's messed up right now. So this week, not only did a young man set off a series of bombs in Austin that killed several people, seemingly targeting black people, that guy, I guess, because he's white, was talked about in the press as if he's like this nerdy guy who is having some challenges. And then, you know, on the other side of the coin in Sacramento, you have a man named uh, Stefan, I'm not sure if it's Stephen or Stefan Clark, who was shot by police because, I don't know, because he was black and he was standing around holding a phone that they thought was a gun, which is bananas. And look, I get that these two things are not technically related, but they both happened. And what twists my brain in a knot is that we keep on shooting black people. I know that's blunt, but it's the truth. Our law enforcement is afraid of what seems like any average black person and afraid enough to shoot often, frequently, too frequently. And it's not okay. And we're not addressing it. And meanwhile, this bomber who's clearly troubled, I'm not saying he wasn't, but why? How are we showing him all sorts of sympathy And humanizing him, sympathy for some plight, I I don't understand. I'm not saying we shouldn't empathize and humanize all people in all situations, but the way we're approaching the victim of crimes and the perpetrators of crimes and the people who are protecting us against crimes seems all the way messed up. That dude is a terrorist, the bomber. Call him a homegrown terrorist if you want, but he's a terrorist. And I'm sorry for what he's been through, but I'm more sorry for the people who he targeted. And also, do we all quit Facebook? Cambridge Analytica stole a bunch of Facebook data, scraped it. Facebook seemed not to care too much about it and used it all to sell propaganda. Plus all of this McMaster, Sessions, Mueller, I mean, all of it, all of it. It's not all equal stuff, death and propaganda, but it feels like it's all part of the same thing. It feels like it's part of the same problem, this problem of our country. It all feels connected like some disintegration of connection to each other as real human beings, how we are on social media and how we are in real life with the people we see every day in our communities, in our government, in our neighborhoods. And it's mind boggling. And look, for me, I am lucky. I am frustrated and infuriated and affected in like a 
my heart is global kind of way. But I live down the street from a police precinct and I'm not worried about getting shot. And that's great. I am excited. I am relieved by that. But that doesn't mean it's not happening, that it's not out there just because it's not happening to me. And some of us are lucky enough to choose what we get upset about. We get to think of stress as, you know, when the subway shuts down and we have to find another way to the movie theater. I know this is a ramble. This maybe even is a rant. And it might not make any sense to connect Russian election interference with racism, with Facebook and subways, but I can't articulate it right now exactly, but it is connected. And how do we get on with it? How do we get on with our day, with our lives? We can ignore everything. Option one, only open to those of us who aren't getting shot, I guess. Uh, Another option is get numb to it clearly another option. We can act, third option, and then that runs a gamut. How do we act? What do we do? On the 24th, big march for our lives, people are acting, people are out there, and those people are being derided and made fun of, but hopefully more than that, they're being supported and seen and heard. But even then, honestly, how do we not all just like crumple up and hide under the covers and eat Entenmann's and red wine until we pass out, because that actually sounds pretty good to me right now. So this is why I'm talking about routine. This is why I talk about health, because all of this stuff gets us unhealthy. It does, and I'm not minimizing it. I I am equating these two things as equally important. To deal with all of that madness, we must be healthy, emotionally, psychologically, physically, relationally. In order to survive, we must be healthy. And in order to make change, to act, we must be healthy. The goal of yoga is liberation, which requires health. And if we're working towards not just individual liberation, but communal, societal liberation, then we must be that much stronger, more efficient. All right, so why don't we pay more attention to our routines. Or maybe the question is, why do we have the routines we do? And what does that say about who we are? Or maybe, how can we have better routines? Or, or I don't know, routines, you guys. For myself, I'm a very adaptable person. I am, that's not a boast. Because in some cases, that's actually a detriment. The victim of easy adaptation is discipline. I am adaptable, I am not very disciplined. And so with the best of intentions, my routines go out the window pretty easily. So today we can talk about what Ayurveda recommends as routine and then a little bit about how that can be adapted for you and for your real life. To maintain health, Ayurveda talks about Dinacharya, daily routine. It normalizes a person's biological clock, aids digestion, absorption, assimilation. We said most of this earlier. It helps self-esteem, discipline, peace, happiness, longevity. Ayurveda recommends that we tune our bodies to nature's master cycle, which in turn regulates our own various rhythms. There's a lot of talk in Ayurveda about micro and macro. What happens in the natural world happens within us. We are not an exception. So when we are out of whack and are looking to come back to balance, all we have to do is look to nature to get us back on track. We've talked here a little bit before about the Ayurvedic clock. Basically, get up early with the sun, in fact, before the sun, in order to commune with God in the calm, serene time before dawn. This is the time for 
contemplation, prayer, meditation, some movement, cleansing of the skin and senses. We'll come back to that. And then along with the clock, eat your biggest meal in the middle of the day. When the sun is high in the sky, digestion is the strongest. Following the clock, go to sleep not too late. And upon awakening, start all over. While we sleep, our bodies work. They digest and clear toxins out of our system. As they leave the organs, these toxins travel to our colon and our skin, which is why, according to Ayurveda, it's important to take care of personal hygiene first thing in the morning. And man, do they get into it, like really into it. So cleaning and cleansing the excesses is thought to prevent a rebuild up of these toxins and start our days out clean and bright and fresh and good. The routine I'm going to walk through today, you'll see some version of that daily routine kind of anywhere you look up Ayurveda and routine or Dinacharya. It's long and perhaps not 100% realistic for all of us. I'll tell you that if there are 20 things on this list, I absolutely definitely do like three of them every day and more when I need to. So let's roll through these morning rituals for self-care and you'll see slight variations of these online. Banyan Botanicals has a list with variations specific to each dosha, Vasant La, Dr. Svoboda, all have information about these various aspects of the routine. But here are the basics. Wake up during Vata time, between 3 and 6 a.m., closer to 6, probably optimally before sunrise. This is called God's hour or the ambrosial time. Love that. So poetic. Vata means that things are starting to stir. The circulation is moving. The atmosphere is light. It's a good time to wake up. And even if you don't, try to keep the hour you wake up consistent, even on the weekends. After waking up, elimination. Yogis and Ayurvedic folks are not shy about talking about poop. So this is the part about poop. You should poop every day, preferably first thing in the morning, because your body has ostensibly spent the whole night cleaning you out and the trash bin is full. Here's a tip on pooping. If you ever tend towards constipation or slow digestion in general, when you're on the pot, give yourself some time. Don't rush it. And this may be a challenge for some, try focusing on the task at hand instead of reading or scrolling. Just breathe and let nature take its course. After elimination, clean the mouth. This one has a lot of steps. First, tongue scraping. Stainless steel, copper are both going to be good for tongue scraping. You can find these online or at health food stores. They kind of look like a upside down V. You scrape your tongue with them. They stay clean. So this practice removes bacteria on the tongue that accumulate overnight. Hello, morning breath. And if you get into Ayurveda, you'll then be interested in how the tongue looks and the coating on the tongue, which can help you determine if what you've had to eat and drink was assimilated properly or if you've an accumulation of ama. Vocabulary break. Ama can be thought of as toxins, but more specifically, it's the manifestation of not health in the body and the underlying cause of disease. It can build up through non-cleansing, non-eliminating that which is not whole or good. And that isn't always just food. Sometimes it's thought, experiences, emotions, which is why Ayurveda is freaking cool and why some people think it's weird. Oil pulling, 
and brushing teeth. I've seen these recommended with tooth brushing first and then oil pulling, but I've always done it the other way around. I always do oil pulling first and then tooth brushing. I'm not sure why. If there's a Ayurvedic health practitioner listening out there and you want to chime in with your thoughts on this, please do. Tooth brushing, we all know. Oil pulling, you may have heard of and maybe not. This was a bit of a trend in my circles, even just before I started really studying Ayurveda. And who knows if it made it into more mainstream health practices. I'm I'm not sure. But what was recommended to me was to gargle with warm sesame oil or coconut oil for 20 minutes. You'd hold the oil in your mouth, swish it around vigorously, really for two or three minutes, up to 20 minutes, and then spit it out in the trash. You can't be putting that much oil down the drain daily. It will ruin your pipes. And that is not a euphemism for anything. It's actually not good for the plumbing. After spitting out the oil, you can massage the gums a little bit with your finger. Here's my tip. I no longer attempt oil pulling with straight oil, even, you know, really good high quality oil. I tried and I realized that even though I can do it, with some discipline, it was challenging enough that I found myself skipping this practice. And I am an oral health fan. I put the fan in oral health fanatic. I have a favorite floss. I am into it. So I wanted to take this one on. So for me, instead of regular oil, I now buy something specifically made for this. I buy something called Daily Swish from Banyan Botanicals. It's got a little peppermint in there. It's not quite as viscous somehow, and it's just easier. It's easier to swish around in your mouth for a little while. You don't have to buy anything. I don't get anything from recommending this to you, but I found it helpful and important to my routine, so I wanted to pass that on. Then, and only then, drink a glass of warm water. If you drink water before you clean your mouth, then you're just swallowing all that stuff stuff you wanted to get out. So after, after, have your water. Not tea, not coffee. Start with water. Hydrate, hydrate. It's good for digestion, elimination, skin health. Hydrate. That was all the mouth stuff. Moving on. Movement, or you could call this exercise. I have sometimes seen the order different here. There is oiling of the body that we'll get to in a second. And I've seen the oiling of the body and the bathing before exercise, because really this exercise we're about to talk about is more of like wake up the body and breathe kind of work as opposed to like work up a crazy sweat kind of workout. So this is more to improve circulation and digestion, build strength, exercising until you break just a little bit of a sweat, not a full out soaking. Still I think most people prefer to do the movement before a shower. So do what you will. Whatever that movement is, it can be yoga, but it doesn't have to be. Different movement when you get into specific doshas is recommended for different dosha types or if you're dealing with different things. But overall, walking is almost always good. Yoga, different kinds and intensities is almost always good. But you want to work the body enough to breathe a little bit heavy, break a little bit of a sweat, but not necessarily in this case, in this specific time, doing your full out soul cycle, LEK fit, whatever it is you do. Then pranayama and meditation. Again, I've also read versions where meditation comes before movement or after, but either way, incorporating 
conscious breathing and calm focus chanting or prayer is recommended daily. Now, I won't get too much into pranayama and meditation because I feel like that's what we talk about all the time on this show. Next up, oiling up. Nose, ears, eyes, skin. I'm going to run through this pretty quickly. For me, I happen to do most of my oiling in the evening before bed. If you are not oiling in the AM, it's good to splash a little cool water on the eyes to clean them out of crusty sleeps and to wake up a little bit. If you are oiling, then nose. For the nose, you have neti and nausea. Neti, you may have heard of the neti pot. It's a salt water rinse for the nose. And nausea is oiling the inside of the nostrils. You can do this with a few drops of warm sesame oil to help lubricate the nose, clean out the sinuses. You've heard the eyes are the window to your soul? Well, the nose is the gateway to your brain. So clean, lubricated nose is good. Also, smells like stir fry. This is especially great in the winter when we are in artificial dry heat inside and our nose tends to get dry and crusty. Ears, a few drops of sesame oil in the ears. Not enough so you can't absorb it all and it just kind of sits in there, but just a little. It can be helpful practically for earwax buildup and is recommended for any vata imbalances. It's just another good calming grounding practice. Again, especially good if you've been out in the cold, in the wind, or listening to someone talk at you all day. Abhyanga, oil massage for the skin. So abhyanga can be done daily with half a cup of oil and half an hour of your time before the shower or bath. And when you get in the shower or bath, you don't wash off the oil with soap. You just let it soak in in warm water. You're going to rinse and try not to slip. I've heard some people use cornstarch to keep the bottom of the tub from getting too slippery. And it's for more than just the skin. It helps calm vata and will help invigorate kapha and it will help soothe pitta. It requires time and can be really meditative and a beautiful practice. Perhaps you are thinking at this point, if we start this routine at 6 a.m., what the heck time is it right now? And what if I have to, like, go to work? Well, yeah. I mean, you could get up at 4.30, and people do, but it may not be practical to do everything on this list for you. And we'll get to that. Just stick with me, and then we'll get to, like, what reality might look like. If you can't do full body oil massage every morning... Try it at night. Try it once a week. Just try it because it is amazing. And who knows, maybe you'll love it enough to find the time. Also, if you're not doing full abhyanga in the morning, you can use oil to moisturize after you shower. This is not the same thing and will not have the same effect. But, you know, hey, man, we live in the world and sometimes it's reality. Use oil after the shower. Take your time. Breathe it's very nice. On the list, abhyanga and bathing. Take a shower. Then breakfast. Breakfast should be taken mindfully, meaning no reading or listening to the news. Chew. Usually warm food is recommended, not dry cereal or processed foods, and not eating on the go. This only adds to the vata imbalance. 
and then on with your day, right? No big whoop. Should be easy to incorporate all of that into your daily life or not. In just a moment, I'm going to share with you what I actually do each morning. But first, I want to thank you for listening to Yoga for the Revolution and making us part of your weekly routine. If you haven't already, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Cast. Please do rate us if you are so inclined. Your ratings help us spread the word. So thank you for that. You can always find all of our back and future episodes on yogafortherevolution.org. You can talk to me on Facebook at facebook.com slash yogafortherevolution or follow on Twitter at y underscore f underscore t underscore r and look for Yoga for the Revolution on Instagram. I have a newsletter. Did you know that? Right now it's monthly, which means not a lot of spam from me in that newsletter. In that newsletter, I will usually include quick links to episodes from this month, along with any live in-person events, workshops I'm teaching, stuff like that. Plus, if you subscribe right away, my very next newsletter will include a guide to Dasha Chalana. Dasha Chalana are the daily churnings. It's a joint rotation exercise I sometimes do with my classes or at workshops. And so if you sign up now, you'll get a guide to the daily churnings that I will put together exclusively for newsletter subscribers. To subscribe, go to yogafortherevolution.org forward slash subscribe or go to yogafortherevolution.org and click on the thing that says subscribe. You'll get to a page that has a place for you to put your email. And then that will be where I can send you an email. Thanks. Morning routine. Does this seem like a lot of things to you? It seems like a lot of things to me. This is my experience. If you try to completely change your routine from top to bottom in one fell swoop, you may have temporary success, but more than likely, eventually, something will fall apart and you may slip back into habit. The advice I have received and the advice I'd pass on is to try some of these things and then pick a handful, heck pick one, that you will do every day on most all the days for a month or so and commit to that and see how it goes. If you pick two and it's no sweat and you feel expansive and open, then add more items from the list. But I will say pick one or two or three and really commit to doing them on almost all the days for a month because that strong start will help make this a habit. We all brush our teeth in the morning. We don't even think about it anymore. And if somehow we forget, it feels weird. It feels like something's off, something's missing. So make these a habit just like that so that life is better when you do these things and it's not like a big special occasion. It's just something you do. Here are the things I do on most all the days without it being a whole thing. I wake up, not before six. That's just not happening for me right now. I may get back into that, but for me, 6.37. Tongue scraping, done. Every day, no hassle, I just do it. And if I travel and I forget to bring my scraper, it's weird and it's gross and I don't like it. Oil pulling. I use the daily swish all the time, every day. And while I'm swishing, I'll usually put the kettle on or tidy up sometimes do the daily churnings. I just do it for a few minutes. Cup of warm water every day. I have a copper cup that I fill at night before bed so the water is able to take on some of the healing properties from the copper and I drink that down immediately 
and at room temperature before anything else goes into my system. Some people add lemon, that's fantastic. I feel like for me, that's just enough of a hassle to keep me from actually doing it, so I just stick with the water. Then brush teeth, always. And that's my almost all the days morning routine. Spring, summer, winter, fall, weekday, weekend, for over a year with really not missing that many days. Post-shower oil is a go-to for me. If I'm honest, Abhyanga happens less frequently, even though it's awesome. At night, I oil my nose, and this winter I've been putting oil on my eyelids as well as my ears. And sometimes I forget, and I'm already in bed, and I have to decide if I'm going to get up and go do it. And for a while, I had a coconut oil right on my nightstand, but I don't know. Then it moved. I put it in my purse or something else, and it went away. But you see what I'm talking about? That, all of that nonsense, that's just being human. I absolutely do not want to portray myself as A, the epitome of health and wellness, or B, perfect at anything, or C, you know, uh, something else. I'm not here to give you so much information that it's overwhelming or guilt-making. I want to share with you what I've learned and experienced as a human in the world. These things are manageable and you can make them manageable and make them work for you. And I'll say something potentially unpopular. It doesn't matter what you do once. It matters what you do consistently and with conscious commitment over time, right? Just because you have cereal for breakfast instead of bacon and eggs doesn't make you a vegan. So commit to something, some little doable part of it. Right now is an awesome time to commit to routine because we're changing seasons. Hopefully, we should be moving out of winter any day now. And also because we live in this incredibly vata deranged society. Everything is cold, dry, rough, mobile. Mobile, mobile, mobile. It's crazy. Like from before. Remember when we mentioned all the crazy making things? So it helps to have a routine to stay grounded. You may already have a routine that you love. Hit snooze, roll over, scroll through the phone while pooping, have coffee, brush teeth, go to work. Maybe this routine brings you comfort. Who can say? And if it does, imagine what could happen if you had a routine that promotes and encourages optimal health. Imagine it. It could be great. It could change everything. Or more likely, it could slowly and almost imperceptibly shift how you exist in the world over a very long time and in very small ways, which is also great. Very exciting. Are you going to try any of these things? Uh, we have an Ayurveda word that I learned in school, upashaya. It's like an experiment to see if you feel good or better, but you have to actually do the stuff over a long period of time and then have a little self-inquiry and self-awareness. If you do try it, Let me know how it goes. In the meantime, keep breathing and live to fight another day. 